Next, this month's special series, Focus on Heart Health. Throughout the month of February, ReachMD talks with experts about new medications, technologies, and treatment guidelines in cardiac care. Consumers and their doctors all know about LDL and the need to lower the so-called bad cholesterol. But what about treatments beyond LDL? Welcome to a special focus on heart health on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Jim Stolzenbach of Abbott Laboratories, a company developing an array of treatments in lipid management. Dr. Stolzenbach is responsible for the overall development of projects in the areas of dyslipidemia and renal drug development. Prior to joining Abbott in 2004, he spent two decades in various research and product development roles at the former G.D. Searle Pharmaceuticals, Monsanto, and Pharmacia. He has published more than a dozen articles in journals that range from the Journal of the American Medical Association to Inflammation. He is also active in numerous professional organizations. He received his undergraduate degree in biology from the University of Connecticut, a master's biology from the University of Georgia, and a PhD in pharmacology from Oregon State University School of Pharmacy. Jim Stolzenbach joins us from Abbott's offices in the North Chicago suburbs. Jim Stolzenbach, welcome to Reach MD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Well, thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. Yeah, well, for our audience is, is national, and I know you in my role at the Tribune and all Abbott is doing, but tell us, will you, it's just, you know, statins are one of these things that people think are practically in the drinking water, and, you know, we know that heart disease is still on the rise, but the number of deaths from heart attacks is dropping, but you're going to tell us about there are a lot of treatments uh, beyond LDL. Right. Well, the major thing that we want to talk about, I think, today is just to emphasize to physicians that they should consider more than just LDL cholesterol when they're trying to manage their patients' cholesterol issues. And, you know, as you mentioned, I've been developing new therapies for patients for a long time, and cardiovascular disease has remained a major issue for health in Americans throughout that period. And let me give you a little bit of an example. Currently, there are over 100 million Americans who have a lipid disorder of one sort or another. Either their bad cholesterol is too high, their LDL, or their HDL, their good cholesterol is too low, or another type of lipid, triglycerides, is is too high. Only about 35 million of those 100 million are treated. So there's a large percentage of patients who potentially could benefit from treatment who don't get treatment. But even when you look at that, out of the 35 million that are treated, only about a third really get to what we would consider optimal levels for all three of the lipids that I mentioned. So there's clearly a problem here where there's additional treatment that's probably required. And because rates of MI, stroke, and death, as you mentioned, have not dropped as far as we'd like, there's really an opportunity here for physicians to do more. Now, I think, you know, the, the primary care docs are not as steeped in this as the, as the heart specialist and so forth. So of the third of the people out there, are, are they predominantly getting just the statins? Right. Well, as as you're aware, and certainly justified by all of the data that's been generated, when a physician looks at a patient for cholesterol management, the very first thing that they think about is LDL. And that's really the first target for therapy. And And that's because of a large number of trials that have been done since 1994. The 4S trial with simvastatin, the CARE trial with a provostatin in 1996. These trials were all against 
a placebo and showed a very nice reduction in cardiovascular events when a statin is provided to patients. And so all of the guidelines for physicians are very clearly focused on LDL. And I think that that's probably the main reason why physicians feel that if they're giving their patient a statin and treating the LDL, they've probably done enough to help that patient. And of course, the very first target of of all therapy is diet and exercise. And so before you put a patient onto any pharmacologic treatment, you'd want to see if you can control the lipids through that manner. But once diet and exercise don't work, then there's some very well-laid-out targets for LDL that physicians have, depending on the, on the risk that the patient has for having a cardiovascular event. But the new news, really, and, and I think what we want to talk about today is the fact that the other lipids also have more data now than ever suggesting that it's important to treat them. And let me just give you an example. Triglycerides, for example, which, as I mentioned, is another type of fat in the blood, is a risk factor for cardiovascular disease. And there was a trial published just in 2005, the PROVE-IT trial, where it was shown that if triglycerides remained over a certain level, even if your LDL was controlled, you were still at higher risk for another event. There's been several meta-analyses done of large trials over the last several years, all of them showing that triglycerides is an additional risk factor. The same thing's true for HDL as well. You're probably aware of the Framingham study, which has been following a cohort of patients over the last 40 or 50 years. And those studies have shown, if you look at patients, that those patients that have low HDL are still at risk for a potential cardiovascular event, a heart attack or a stroke, no matter what level of LDL they have in their blood. So just like triglycerides are an additional risk factor, so is a low HDL level. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to a special focus on heart health on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter from the Chicago Tribune. And joining me today is Dr. Jim Stolzenbach of Abbott Laboratories, which is among the companies that are trying to attack cholesterol and lipid management in new ways and beyond just the LDL-lowering drugs that we've come familiar with, statins. And Dr. Stolzenbach was just talking about some of these things. And are there studies out there that show, like, when this lipid management should start? Because, um, I mean, we know about the rise in the number of obese patients, and it, it seems, I mean, are, are doctors getting that? I mean, is there certain areas where people should start to look at that? Well, absolutely. And, in fact, there are very good guidelines for physicians that will provide them the suggestions about when to initiate therapy for these types of patients. So the National Cholesterol Education Program has produced uh, the NCEP guidelines, which is really what physicians would follow for thinking about cholesterol treatment. And they set very good targets for actually LDL and for triglycerides in terms of levels that you need to worry about. So for patients who have very little risk, of any MI, they don't have a family history or they don't have risk factors such as smoking, high blood pressure, obesity. So if they're low-risk patients, LDL probably is, and LDL is not a problem if it's, if it's under 130 or so. So there's a number there that the physician would say, if you're a low-risk patient, we really don't have to treat. If you have risk factors, however, and risk factors can include things like diabetes, obesity, low HDL, for example, 
some of the things we've talked about, then the physician is going to look at LDL levels more closely. And in fact, if you do have cardiovascular risk factors, the physician would be would go back to the guidelines and see that they probably need to drive LDL down to 100 or less. If you're a very high-risk patient, for example, you've already had a stroke or a heart attack, the new guidelines offer the suggestion that you should try and get LDL even down to below 70. So there are very good guidelines for physicians to look at for LDL. Now, for the patients that we're talking about where LDL treatment may not be enough, again, there's a very nice guideline. The NCEP guidelines suggest that for any patient who has triglycerides over 200 on fasting, that that patient should be considered for additional therapy. And usually, the guidelines would suggest either a fibrate, niacin, or potentially omega-3 fish oils. And a lot of these treatments have been out on the market so long, I was going to ask you about the side effect issues. I mean, we're talking statins. A lot of people might not realize that they've been out for two decades. I mean, the side effect profile of a lot of these treatments is good, isn't it? And then also physicians might not be as concerned about prescribing some of the new treatments, would they? That's a great question, Bruce. And I think that that's been one of the questions that people have been waiting for more and more information on. The statins overall are very well tolerated. And so especially at the lower doses, there's very few issues with with statins. There is, of course, the potential for muscle problems, muscle weakness and pain. But the really severe side effects with statins are very, very rare, and most patients should feel very safe taking them. In terms of treating the other factors, HDL, triglycerides, the fibrates, and niacin are also well tolerated, and and side effects, while patients do have to be aware of them, are usually mild. And what about some of the studies? I mean, are a lot of these other treatments. I know Abbott has Niaspan and Simcor and Tricor and the, and the other areas. I mean, a lot, are there as many studies in some of these newer areas? Or, and, then, and matter of fact, some of them are not so new that physicians should look for in, in whether they prescribe certain products for people? Well, absolutely. Niacin, of course, has been around for a while, and there's quite a few studies with niacin. The Coronary Drug Project, which was done back in the 70s, There are a large number of studies that have been done with niacin in in various different patients. With the Simcor product, we recently conducted two studies, Sea, Coast, and Oceans, looking at the combination of niacin with simvastatin and have produced those data. So for niacin in particular, there's a long history of studies that have been done showing very nice lipid changes, lowering LDL, raising HDL, and of course niacin is really very strong in raising HDL usually about 20 to 30 percent in patients, so it has a very good effect there. And it also reduces triglycerides, so it's helpful for all of the parameters that we've discussed. In a similar manner, the fibrates also have a long history of trials. Gemfibrazil, for example, has been studied for a long time. Large trial VA HIT and others have been done that show benefits with the fibrates. Phenofibrate has also got a large number of studies done, and with Tricor and Our new drug, Trilipics, of course, we've done a series of studies demonstrating improvements in the lipid profile when those drugs are provided to patients. And have you noticed, have there been comparative studies? I know that in the case of Trilipics, that was only approved this year. Will there be areas studied going forward to to see, you know, whether some of these sort of combination pills and things will be working and whether 
how they're effective at getting at people's issues? Right. Well, for both SimCore and for Trilipics, we've done very recently a large number of studies to really demonstrate the benefit there of providing patients an agent on top of a statin. So for Trilipics, for example, we have done studies in over 2,000 patients demonstrating that adding trilipics to either simvastatin, atorvastatin, or uh, rosuvastatin, which are the three biggest statins on the market, provides benefits to patients, really increases HDL, drops triglycerides, and helps the statin in providing benefit to all of these lipid profiles. In a similar manner with uh, SimCore, we, we did a study, the SeaCo study, which demonstrates that when you add niospan to simvastatin, you also see a very nice raise in HDL, again, that 20-25% raise in HDL, and also better triglycerides as well and a small lowering in LDL. So we really feel it's important for physicians to understand uh, benefit risk to their patients, and we want them to look at the different therapies and decide what's appropriate for the patient that they have. And do you think when you talk at the beginning of the show about the 100 million Americans and the fact that maybe only 35 million are getting treated, what do you attribute that to? Now, clearly, some people can go with diet and exercise or whatever. I mean, these numbers are, are mushrooming. And what, what is the problem? I mean, is it uninsured? Is it a lack of education? Are people not going to the doctor? Are physicians not doing? I mean, that may be too big of a question. But what do you think is one of the, the biggest biggest reasons? Yeah, well, again, you know, I'm mostly involved in the research end of this, less on the societal aspect of it. But I think in general, and probably appropriately so to some extent, I think physicians, their first thought is really to try to get the patient for lipids in particular to solve the problem through diet and exercise as much as possible before they move on to lipid therapies. And some of these patients, again, as I mentioned, if you have a patient that's very low risk, and by that I mean doesn't smoke, doesn't have hypertension or other risk factors, has not had a cardiovascular event previously, so has not had a stroke or a heart attack, these patients are, depending on their age, at lower risk for an event, and so there's a reluctance to start them on therapy if they don't have to. But I do think that what we need to do, because we still, again, cardiovascular disease is, is the leading cause of death in the United States even now, and so we really need to think about patients more completely and, and really appropriately look at what the guidelines are telling us and when treatments are appropriate. And I think it's clear there are some patients who would benefit from lipid therapy that are not getting it. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Jim Stolzenbach, who has been our guest. He joins us from Abbott Laboratories. Well, they are developing a rather extensive uh, lipid management franchise that is beyond just lowering LDL. My name's Bruce Japson. I'm the reporter with the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and you've been joining us on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals for a special focus on heart health. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us if you have questions at ReachMD.com, and I'd like to thank you today for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Heart Health. For a program guide, complete list of shows, and podcasts, please visit us at ReachMD.com. And download ReachMD's free iPhone app, Medical Radio, to listen to the same live stream of ReachMD medical news and information you enjoy on XM160, plus CME and thousands of searchable podcasts. Download Medical Radio from the Apple iTunes Store today.